Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tradies, a podcast brought to you from myself, host Monique Dralovac, bricklayer and owner of mjbricklaying.co. I have created this podcast to motivate, inspire and educate, bring you to a choice of topics from inside the construction industry, women in trades, mental health and wellness, along with a bit of fun. The following podcast has been recorded at Tradie HQ. So hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Talk Tradies. Today I have with me... Rebecca from Ants Labor Hire and she's going to be joining me today to talk a little bit about her business and what she's all about. (laughs) So thank you for coming on Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So let's start by telling us a little bit about what you do and what brought you into the industry. Okay so um, I do labor hire and lady tradies. Um, I labor hire out um, male um, I suppose people in the workforce, TAs, um, a lot of uh, handymen, um, painters, whatever, in the (laughs) 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 Um, as well as um, the administration support behind it, I can help businesses with that Um, because I've worked in a lot of industries before in offices and they've got no uh, human resource policies and procedures, Uh, workplace um, uh, health and safety has been pushed to the side and these things don't get addressed until something happens. It's usually when shit hits the fan and then everyone's like, oh, what's our policy? And yeah, and they just haven't put those implements in place to protect themselves and their business. So um, I offer those services as well and also lady tradies. So I've got pretty much a full-time uh, gardening crew and a full-time handy women crew as well. And uh, we do a lot of work with domestic violence organisations. So we repair the holes in walls, uh, repair or replace doors um, and just pretty much just fix any remnants of um, people that have been affected by domestic violence um, and to help them out because of the housing shortage in Western Australia at the moment. Um, there's nowhere the, for families or anything to go uh, for protection in crisis centres everything's full and um, so we're um, doing camera installs and and doing things to, I suppose, protect um, these people in their homes from their perpetrators um, uh, because there's nowhere else mm. for the, to relocate them uh, for their safety. So it's a worrying situation and it's really bad at the moment. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is the solution that they're working with, um, until the crisis centres can hold, well, more people or, um, they get a, um, well, eradicate domestic violence in Mm. the homes. So we also do a lot of, um, uh, home care packages. So NDIS, um, and also the aged care. So we do a lot of gardening for them um, and, yeah, we just find that uh, our girls, um, are, yeah, really appreciated and um, especially with the seniors that are living by themselves, they, um, 
they uh, really appreciate the girls coming around, doing the garden how they like it to be done, mm. um, but also to sit down and have a cup of tea and a conversation with them So because oh, it's awesome. a big social thing for them yeah. and they look forward to having the girls around, um, you know, whether it's once a week, once a fortnight or once a month. They mark it on their calendar and they look forward to it each time. So it's, um, yeah... It's really busy and uh, for us at the moment and, um, yeah, it's just continuing to grow because we're getting more and more referrals from um, the ladies, uh, yeah, to go around to more, um, I suppose, yeah, individuals who who want our services. So, mm. so when it comes to, I guess, sponsoring and, I guess, um, clientele paying for the... I guess labour hire from your behalf is that mm. um, do you get any government? So let's just say it's like the elderly. Do they is there any sort of government um, they have support or is it all just from the? No, they have their home care packages. Mm-hmm. So uh, with their support, so um, it's facilities and access to services um, that their money's used so they can stay at home and not be in. Um, an aged care facility. Mm, yeah. um, so if they need physio, if they need um, domiciliary care, um, this comes in their gardening package is um, to maintain and help maintain their gardens is part of their home care package, um, depending on what level um, they are. But um, that's a service. Um, NDIS uh, provide the same thing as well. So for people with uh, physical or mental health issues, um, they have a NDIS package and gardening um, does fall under that and home maintenance. Um, and then domestic violence organisations, uh, they have um, Zonta House, um, Rua, uh, Staric. So there's a lot of organisations out there um, that can um, get into um, funding um, to help um, people uh, stay in their home and repair it so they don't have to, you know, face the damage done um, to, yeah. to their homes, especially if they're rental uh, mm. properties as well um, because uh, damage like that could see them end- ending up on the street and as we all know, there's a housing crisis in Perth at the moment and to get a rental is really cutthroat. So if you've got bad rental references and you've been evicted, um, yeah, chances are that um, it's going to be really hard for you to secure a house to live in, especially when you've got kids and things like that. Like it's, yeah, it, it's quite a scary thought. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So what actually inspired you to start um, this Ants Labor um, Hire Company? So what inspired you to start the company? Um, I think um, working in um, an office environment, office management, operations management in male-dominated industries uh, for the last 15, 20 years and repeatedly... um, trying to improve myself. So I'd be studying a lot in my spare time to improve myself, to further myself in my career. Um, So diplomas in uh, human resource management, um, certs, uh, cert four in project management, 
um, and um, business administration and, yeah, so I did all that to try and better myself um, to be an asset to someone's business Mm -hmm. and um, just missing out on opportunities because I was a female. Um, A girl can't do that. Like, yeah, men aren't going to listen to women in leadership. Um, It's a waste of time and, um, yeah, so I never got the opportunity even though, um, yeah, my team, my work colleagues and everything valued everything that I did. Um, I wasn't, yeah, given the opportunity to, I suppose, be promoted or to to grow um, if I didn't push myself because everyone was just like, no, if you're not here to do, you know, the office jobs and everything, who else is going to do it? So, no. Yeah, and I think that, well, would you feel like it's like now these days, so you're obviously with that company a couple years ago. Mm. So do you find that there's been a change in how women are treated in the workforce, I guess, now compared to back then? Because I know that a lot of back then mm. it was, I guess, obviously more gentlemen's club, like very male orientated, but now yeah. like that there are so many more women out there that are getting into the industry. It is predominantly a lot more equalised, but... What are your thoughts on that part? In some respect, um, yes. Um, I think there's a lot more room for growth. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I still feel that, you know, we've come such a long way but we're still so far behind. Yeah. Um, They've still got the boys' clubs, Mm -hmm. which that's fine Mm. because we can have our women's clubs as well. Yeah, absolutely. Love a good cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah, I think that uh, opportunities for females, um, we still, um, I think, uh, get pushed to the side a bit because we are female and it's been tradition... I think for so long that men rule the roost and it's trying to break those traditions and being seen that girls can do just as good a job as a bloke can, Mm. you know, just because we want to get our hands dirty instead of, you know, being, um, you know, chained to the kitchen sink. Um, Yeah, we want to have a go. We're smart as Mm. well and, you know, we... Love opportunity and um, to work with people and to uh, self-improvement, mental health, things like that. We can, females can offer, you know, business so much Um, and, yeah, I think that it to, I suppose, invite women to, who want to, I suppose, grow and, you know, they could be the best asset to mm. your to your business and they could bring things in with the, the woman's touch, which the male-dominated industries um, and businesses don't consider because, um, you know, we've always done it this way. Yeah. And it's always worked. Yep. Like back in my day, there was no heat policies. We worked in 45-degree heat and we, you know, mm. we didn't, you know, skip a beat or anything like that. I don't think it's – I think it's men sort of have that 
little bit of arrogance when they get told what to do or being given restrictions. So if you have to do it by the book, they sort of push the boundaries to, to I suppose, um, try and rebel a little bit and say that this is the way I want to do it. I don't want to do it the way the book says, which yep. women... Um, they're a bit smarter when it comes to it because they incorporate things to meet the what the book says but to do it in their kind of way. There's, we sort of think outside the box a little bit more. Yeah, see, I think that it's really good having both male and female because you do need both aspects. So, like, women Absolutely. are really good in communicating. There was actually a yep. study done that women are definitely better communicators versus men. So mm. they did a study back in the day that I actually listened to on another podcast where women, their communication skills, they would talk to each other, they'd actually face their bodies to each other and then they'd really, like, use their hands and a lot of, like, gestures and, like, really get into communication. Yeah. Whereas the boys would kind of just turn their head and look to each other in, like, a classroom, for example, oh. and they're just, you know, just talking yeah. a bit more blunt and stuff. Yeah. But how I see it is I think that you do need both parties because you do need, I guess, the men to deal with the, well, I guess the male side, but also I guess just like, you know, maybe just like the more structural things that like some women don't understand. I think but then it's you a marriage. Those, yeah, exactly. Like you do need both. Both parties bring something different mm. and when combined they can make magic. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's... Um, yeah, it, it just brings a, a, a success sort of partnership mm. because one person's strength, like, yeah, it's or one weaknesses. person is it. someone yep. else's weaknesses. Yep. So, you know, if you coordinate that and collaborate that and make a great connection, um, yeah, uh, the, the sky's the limit. I think that also having like, I guess like it's probably more so with the older generation as well. Like they were born and bred from the days where men did everything and women were, I guess, tied to the exactly. kitchen sink. Whereas that's what the difference is between now. We're trying to make it is so that we have equal opportunity with everything. And that's why you do have the age gap between, I guess, let's just say, I think probably around like 50, 60 plus, mm. they are very against women in the workforce. Mm. Whereas I guess the younger generation, they're more accepting of it because I yeah. don't want to be tied to a kitchen sink. So, like, I'm probably a good no, example, actually. I get so bored. I'm the best of both worlds. I'm a Gemini. So I absolutely <laughs> love being a girl, getting dressed up and going out. But at the same time, mm. if you ever tell me what to do, like I can stay at home and be good for this and that, yeah. then no, I'm going to go out of my way and do what I want to do. I guess, like, I'm so yeah. headstrong in my own world. Like, don't tell me what to do and I want to do what I want to do. So I'm not going to be tied down to anyone. <laughs> I was a single mum for... <laughs> 14 years and I raised my two children um, and uh, they are the best kids um, because I sort of, I I had to work um, and while they were at school, um, I had to, you know, run the household, earn an income, like do everything and um, in that respect... Um, society's changed. Mm, it has. And um, also we live beyond our means. So traditionally if a woman can stay at home and raise the kids and run the household and everything like that, uh, like in traditional ways, like that's very rare. Most mm. people need the dual incomes. Mm, and that's exactly it. Because we're in that much debt. Yeah. We carry debt. We were making more money, but we're spending more money. Mm. Um, and um, then, so we can't be 
we need to be out in the workforce in order to pay for all our um, homes and lifestyles and hobbies and everything like that. Um, so why can't we choose what we want to do? If we have to go out and, you know, build a household, why can't we, you know, go out and get our hands dirty and become a tradie and... Yeah. And, and that's and, the thing, like, we are only on this planet for such a short time. If it's something mm. that you truly want to do and and are inspired with, why not give it a go? Like, you've got nothing to lose. Like, mm. you're on, you're literally on this earth for such a short time. Freaking go out and do what you want to do. Oh, exactly. Stop hold you back. Well, and how many mature age people are out there now that say, I've always wanted to, yeah. you know, become a tradie. Mm-hmm. I can't do it now. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can. You I can. had I had so many um like my mum's friends say to me like when I got into the bricklaying and they even still to this day they're like fuck I wish I got into a trade like I always wanted to do bricklaying or electrician or you know do something yeah. but I never could because they're what in their fifties and they're like it was not a thing like it was not accepted back then yeah and like it's just no. crazy <laughs> how different it is now like I just can't oh exactly that. it's so sad though and I used to being in the office environment and stuck in the office and you know. The guys would be getting ready, you know, getting all their um, parts and equipment ready to go out to work. And I, you know, had that little pang of jealousy, you know, because they were going out where, you know, all the fun and the action and everything was going. And I was sitting in the office answering the phone and I was just like, I just wanted to go out there and see what was happening and, you know, see how everything works and how they make it work and things like that. So I... um, used to uh, work for a business that was uh, industrial electricians and uh, automation. And uh, so they were programming factory lines and everything like that. And um, as well as, you know, wiring up uh, switchboards to send to James Bogues Brewery in uh, Launceston in uh, Tassie. And, you know, it was just like, that would have been absolutely amazing mm. to not only wire up this switchboard but fly over there and install it in a brewery and see your work actually, you know, become magic. Yeah. And uh, brew beer. Like. Have fun at the end of it. Um, So, yeah, so uh, it it was sort of I've always had that little pang there thinking, you know, that would be so rewarding and uh, self-achieving and to say that you did that, Mm. amazing, like. So yeah. just being able to get out of an office as well, like, or even if you're a housewife, <laughs> getting out of the house, like the whole, what I love the most about being a tradie is that I'm not stuck in one place all the time. Like I can literally venture out. I can do commercial work for companies or I can even do my own private jobs where I'm going to people's houses. Like yeah. there's so much to it that being a tradie in the, uh, the broad industry, there's so much more to it. Like you can fly anywhere in the world. You can do your job yeah. anywhere. You can, you know, venture out anywhere. It's amazing. Oh, exactly. And um, I've really enjoyed getting out. Like I do the um, gardening with the girls. Um, I'm on the uh, tools with the handy women and everything like that as well. So, um, you know, doing all these, learning these new skills, mm. um, but also, um, yeah, going around meeting people and um, just, I suppose, yeah, just having a, a casual chat and 
Um, then going to work, also, you know, meeting um, and spending time with the with the girls that actually work for me. Um, it's great to, you know, see the boss get their hands dirty, but you're also building a rapport as well. And I always think that if you're going to give someone, you know, a job to do, you've got to be prepared to do it yourself. So yeah. when the girls, I know, you know, we have some shitty jobs that we've got to do, but if I'm in there doing that shitty job with them, I just feel that, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal and barking orders at them. I'm there in the trenches with them mm-hmm. um, because if, I mean, there's even jobs that I've refused to do because if I won't do them, I don't expect my girls to do them mm-hmm. either. Um, where I've got a, yeah, different mindset for that way, for, um, I suppose, in leadership because I've heard plenty of times I'm paying you to do that job, so get out there and do it. Like, yeah. So it would be, you know, I'd I'd be probably, I'd never be a plumber. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'd... Don't have the stomach for that. <laughs> well, there's different types of plumbing, but yeah, no. I don't think yes. so. <laughs> All right, so going back to the business side of things, so do you predominantly hire females then or are you a bit of both? Um, bit of both. Yep. So um, with my apprentices um, um, and I've got labour hire and lady tradies. Mm-hmm. So the females are under the lady tradies banner, yep. but I've also uh, got the labour hire. So men, Broad, broader spectrum, yep. And um, but also with the administration side of things, so um, that comes under labour hire and all the HR mm-hmm. and um, uh, project management side of things. Then um, so. <laughs> I suppose the um, um, lady tradies side is just to concentrate on um, giving a, I suppose, females a safe and healthy workplace um, to work in and to try and, I suppose, um, promote equal opportunity. I'm not saying women are better than men. No. I just agree and and would like to I suppose promote mm-hmm. that you know everything should be equal yeah so um yeah and to build up on that um I'd like to have a a, a workforce of female apprentices where um I can have um a host employers um you know take a female apprentice under their wing and, you know, concentrate on them learning the trade, not mm-hmm. them having to, you know, battle with politics and and people that um, just have got nothing better to do with their day than just to cause trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that we can do that as a society. There's a lot of people out there um, that would be willing to help and um, and mentor uh, a lot of females to promote them coming into trades because females are more 
pedantic in the stuff they do. Yes, they might be a bit slower. They're slow because they make sure that everything's just And the slow for the fact that they don't understand, I guess, some, like, from me learning from a male, some of the words that he came out with, I just didn't understand. Like, you have to dumb things down for me because I I was never book smart. That's I left school at the age of 14. I did my hairdressing. I've always done a trade where it's like physical learning, like I'm learning mm. on the job. So when you're saying some really technical words, like I can't even think of something off the top of my head, <laughs> I'm looking at the boys, I'm like, what the fuck did he just say? And I'm like, can you please like English that for me or like dumb it down to girls because I cannot understand what you're saying. <laughs> so I guess that's where like the barrier comes between like the males and yeah. females with them being like the host trainers as well. Like you just need to, I guess the males need to be like a little bit more like, yeah, time cautious and just be like, okay, like, she doesn't understand me, so I'll dumb it down for but her. But I suppose, <laughs> and I suppose it comes a, a, a different way as well. And it depends, like, I suppose, you know, how thick your skin is. Yeah, absolutely. And can you give it as good as you get back? But mm. And I know that, you know, if guys stuff up on the work site, someone turns around and says, oh, you fucking idiot, what did you do that for? Whereas if you say that to a female, like, that could be... They'll either take it and say, oh, look, yep. I don't know, I've bloody, you know, um, had a blonde moment or yep. something. Or, you know, if some females might take great offence to that. Mm. So even though the guys aren't meaning That's to be critical, well. yeah. um, it might just be perceived the wrong way. Um, but that's where... Um, you know, I think it's up to us to, I suppose, acknowledge that to the female apprentice that yep. you you do need, you can't be precious. And yeah, I, exactly. I mean, I don't mean to be um, rude or, I don't know, politically incorrect when saying that, but no, you want to you wanna go out there yep. And work in an industry that um, predominantly male. Exactly, yeah. you need to be able to stand your ground and and but be communicative as well. And that's the thing as well that I think that is quite. This is in my opinion, guys. Um, <laughs> so, like one thing, like when I went into the, like the bricklaying industry, I knew that it's a male-dominated industry. There mm. was I don't think there was even like any other girls really in it um, in Perth at the time, anyway. Um, but I knew that I was going into their trade. So I'm not going to go into a male's world and try and like, you know, fully be a female about it. Like I'm going to adapt to the way they talk and their behaviors and everything. Like some of the jokes, it took me a long time to catch on to like, you know, some of the male terms that they're joking. I'm like, what? So some things I did like get, get to, like get, get close to me. But over time, like I've built my tough skin up. I don't take shit anymore. Like, Mm. you know, I'm the one that's bossing all the boys around now, you know? So like, Mm. it's something that you grow in. Like, this is another like mental aspect of doing the apprenticeship is that you grow so much like mentality wise and adapting to the field around working with boys Mm. through your apprenticeship as well as the trade. So you, you got into the industry and you can't expect them to, well, yeah, you can't expect them to completely change for you. Like I hated when I used to like, Whenever I do like a new job site, like with the new boys and stuff like that, the first mm. couple of days they'd be held awkward and like quiet around me. But then after like I started just being more like relaxed and chill and like they started to realise that I'm literally one of the boys, fuck it, the attitude changed. Eh? It was so it good is. the way it, they and could it talk does. and it was just so yep. natural rather than like, yep. you know, going in there and then being like, oh, fuck, if I had a girl, like I hate this place now. But then like, you know, you have to open up and you have to like show them that oh, you're respectable and you don't care. Exactly. And that you have you, to have thick skin. That you like a friendly banter as well yeah. 
and you have a friendly and healthy workplace, um, the work that gets done, mm. um, but also, you know, if you don't know something, oi, can you sh- come here and show and me how to thing. do this? They'll respect you as well yeah. because you're being so open and honest and true to Absolutely. who you are as well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and you know, you're... The people you're surrounding yourself with are your mentors as well. Mm-hmm. So, and they they get, um, I suppose, um, appreciated um, because you're asking them for advice. So you're actually thinking that yeah, they're you know a decent bloke because you know they have the smarts about them, but they're willing to spend the time with me yeah, exactly. to show me what to do. Yeah. Um, and you know, if I do stuff up, you know. He might call me a fucking idiot, mm. but it's in jest. Yeah. And if it's like, well. It's just the way of saying it. Well, you show me how to do it then. One thing I love <laughs> about boys way more than a lot of women is like coming from the hairdressing world. At least they're going to tell me I'm a shithead <laughs> to my face. <laughs> I, I, and they're going to say everything they want yeah. to my fucking face yeah. and not behind my back. Because when you go to a hairdressing or like totally you know, another agree. industry, <laughs> they're like, this bitch can't even do this. Oh my God, like she's fucking useless. Rah, rah, rah. Whereas like the boys are just like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like move out of the way. I'll fucking show you how it's done. Yeah, like, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do it like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so much better. <laughs> Where, yeah, it, it's a, um, <laughs> women, women are, are our, we're our own worst we enemies. We actually are, I know. We compete too much <laughs> against each other. And, oh, yeah. And, um, you know, we sometimes complain about how men, treat us like shit, but it's it's even worse. We're coming out of a, a world full of bitches. Yeah, that, no, you I know, know, we'll scratch our eyes out to, you know, to get ahead of us and and everything like that. Where, you know, we want to be with the with the guys in the industry and learn to do stuff. Um and we don't bring that cattiness or anything like that. Mm. We want to work with them. And um yeah, it's sort of um, a more pleasant environment uh, working with guys, I think. I, um, I generally quite enjoy it. Because or, yeah, they because call a spade a spade. You know where you stand with They're not fake. They just no. say it as it is and that's what I love no. about it. There's a few males out there that um, are quite um, harsh um, yeah. but I, I think that gets drawn back because they've been burnt by personal experiences and stuff previously yeah. and which is I mean I I understand but you know I don't understand at the same time it's such a hard topic like mm. all of this because you can't like categorize male or female you can't categorize anyone because everyone no. is so different mm. so like you are going to have people that are more built up and have their walls and are stubborn and then you're gonna have people that are more easygoing like everyone is so freaking different like oh. All right, let's bring it back now a little bit. Yep. <laughs> so what is the – oh, okay. So actually you were mentioning to me before we started this podcast um, that you were really wanting to look into bringing on apprentices of your own in more of a labour hire field. So rather than just doing an apprenticeship itself, for example, just bricklaying or just carpentry on its own, you really want to broaden the horizon for apprentices. So tell us a little bit about that, what you're wanting to achieve and where you're wanting to go. Well, um, there's a lot of um, – uh, in particular, female apprentices um, that have started apprenticeships um, and have never completed. Um, there's I know um, of 
um, a couple of female diesel mechanics. They've done three and a half years into their apprenticeship. Six months to go, they've thrown it in. They can't deal with the harassment uh, on the work sites anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the three and a half years of the, I suppose, self-worth uh, has been just absolutely bashed. So they've got nothing left in the tank. Um, their self-esteem is rock bottom and they no longer believe in themselves. Um, there's even g- girls that um, have only made it six months into their apprenticeship and thrown it in. I just find it oh, just heartbreaking that the fact that they've started living their dream and then they've, they've pulled back mm-hmm. um, and thrown it in and they're doing the typical female roles now where they're childcare workers or do office administration. So there's even, I know of even fully qualified um, females that no longer work their trade. They um, hung, hung their tool belt up and got office jobs because they just didn't, didn't want to feel like that every day you know, they were taking criticism for something, whether mm-hmm. it was for being a female or trying to be a mum and a female. Um, there's not a lot of um, uh, flexibility in some, um, I suppose, businesses where they're not going to or not prepared to cater for um, mums that have got to drop their kids off at school or, you know, out of school hours care, uh, do school pick up or, you know, run the family and and also work in a trade job. So um, some facilities or even um, like we see a lot in the newspaper as well that um, any sexual harassment um, cases and things like that, they try and sweep under the carpet um, and, you know, how much money is it going to cost you uh, to you know, keep your mouth shut about this and ignore it and make it go away. Mm. So, you know, so that business doesn't get a bad reputation. And there's a lot of, um, I think, like the big corporations, in my opinion, um, hire the females to tick the boxes, um, but that's as far as, you know, they look good on paper but as far as, um, I suppose, accommodating and making sure that it's an equal opportunity on um, big uh, work sites and in workplaces, I don't think they, um, in front of the camera, they look good in front of media, but behind behind those closed doors, um, I don't think they take it as seriously. And, um, and we all know that mental health is a massive thing on mind sites for men as well as mm-hmm. women. Yeah, there should be, I suppose, you know, one rule for all, but also people shouldn't be hired because of their gender. They should be hired because of the qualifications and their ability to do the job um, to their best. And um, that's where I think... Um, the standards and regulations are a bit distorted because there's too many different boxes and categories that pe- workplaces have to meet to, you know, meet 
certain standards and things like that. So I think it's also, um, I suppose, the government's um, enforcements for equal opportunity and um, and uh, gender equality that are also distorting and making, um, well, producing animosity in the workplace as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's also, yeah, the government poking the bear. Yeah. I think so. And, um, yeah, and the government just wipe their hands off or they just throw more money. Um, you know, we've got so many mental health um, organisations now and they're absolutely getting hammered all the time um, because of issues in workplaces, um, issues, you know, in society, but they're not doing anything about it. So that just their solution is to throw money at the at the help and yeah. yeah. I even um a oh, probably about six months ago, I was at my absolute lowest in um my business. Um I just was nearly at breaking point and I ended up ringing um Beyond Blue and they actually it's not very well advertised, um, but they actually have a program for small business owners that are really struggling uh, with their business and and how to, um, I suppose, um, assist with keeping your mental health um, active and um, build it up mm. um, in a positive way. Yeah. That program is in experimentation stage. Okay. They are hammered, absolutely really? hammered. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's probably the reason behind the lack of um, knowledge and expansion. advertising yeah, and everything yeah. like that. Because it's, um, yeah, people that are offering counselling and bringing in strategies how to, um, if you're struggling with your business and everything at the moment, um, healthy ways to keep your mind active and not to, I suppose, um, have that, you know, dark cloud hanging over you all the time. Hmm. And um, I think that's um, that's really good. And I hope the research and everything behind what the actual issues are and um, bringing on the mental health I hope that gets reported back to the business, small business um, government organisations because then the policies should be built around how to help people and that's, yeah, and it should be for every industry Um, because we're so good at throwing money to try and identify and help the issues but is anyone coming up with solutions and strategies in workplaces and in society to sort of... You know, mm. the government don't listen to the people, I think, enough. And um, that's where our communication is just all distorted. I think that's one of the downfalls, I guess, today with the whole, like, mental health world as well is that it's so flogged on the market and everyone's all about it. But because there's so much of it, it's it's more advertising rather than doing now, I find. Like, I was speaking to my friend and she's working up on the minds at the moment and she said that, like, well, the mental health um, care for the 
employees is actually pretty good. But at the same time, like, especially when it comes back to like being in Perth and stuff, like it really lacks because they're promoting how much they care for their staff and bringing like the mental health coaches into the workplace. But at the same time, they're putting more on publicizing that they've got the mental health programs, but not enough in the mental health programs themselves to actually help the staff. Mm. So it's just, it's really hard. Yeah. It's a really hard world at the moment. It is. It is. And, um, and you know, and it goes back to, I suppose the, all the new stereotypes that are coming in, you know, that puts pressure on Mm. us, um, you know, uh, what we can and can't do and, and I suppose all the rules and regulations and everyone's confused and and there are people that uh, I suppose are dealing with a lot of uh, mental health issues as well um, that don't know how to deal with them, um, don't know how to ask for help (laughs) and, uh, you know, and... Well, too ashamed to ask for help. Yeah. It's so hard to ask for help. Yeah, it is. It is so and hard. I feel like that's especially in like the male um, the male head frame as well is it is harder for them. And that's why the men's mental yep. health is such a big thing these days. Yeah. And that's something I really want to bring into this podcast as well is because men are still at the stage where they're too still too scared to ask and this is why it's such a big problem. Because mm. women are really good at talking about it. They can talk to people about it like they're a lot better anyway absolutely Um, but this is where men are struggling men just bottle it up yeah they don't talk yeah they're not good at talking yeah they're not good at expressing themselves where women are yeah and that's where um yeah um but it's uh, the best slogan is uh you're never too weak to speak Mm. and um i love i see a lot of tradies uh on with the sticker yeah, on their youth, well. and I think that's great. Yeah, it is. Um, I know businesses, um, I know of, uh, yeah, when it comes to um, Are You OK Day, mm. like this one business promotes that, you know, it supports Are You OK Day. One day of the year. I know. They, they drag the barbecue out, yep. throw a heap of sausages on there, feed the workforce, Yep, okay, day's finished, barbecue back in the shed, and that's the one day that they promote Are You OK Day. Yep. It's a yearly thing. It's <laughs> it an is. ongoing thing. Just but so... businesses just, you know, use that little tag uh, to promote themselves to make it look like that they're a proactive business. And this is where people really need to be careful as well, like just general people and traders in general. You need to be you need to be wary about who you're... Um, I guess if you're really wanting to seek help, you need to really look into who is the best support for you as well. Oh, exactly. So you really need to do your research on that. Absolutely, like, absolutely. You can't just go off someone that supports one day. <laughs> I know. And, um, you know, I just, I, with the mining industry and, you know, FIFO workers and everyone's, everyone's just fascinated by, you know, oh, well, I want to be a FIFO worker and, you know, make the big bucks and, you know, I'll just be able to buy everything I want and, you know, just party like a rock star when I'm home and and then go back to work and do it all again. They think it's, you know, it's so hard out on the mine sites. Yep. Like you, you're working long days in heat uh, with flies around you. Um, you go back to your donger, which is a small room. You know, if you're lucky, you get fed well. Uh, there's a lot of mine sites out there that they wouldn't, people wouldn't even feed the slop to their dogs. Yeah. 
So the conditions are all different. Um, there's the stress of not being, you know, being away from your family for two whole weeks at a time, uh, if you're lucky. Um, sometimes it's more. Um, but the, you know, you, the struggles at raising a family, you know, paying the bills, something, you know, you're missing out on birthdays, Christmas, Easter, you know, special occasions yeah. and things like that. Um, it takes a toll. Yeah. It takes a toll. Marriage breakdowns and then, you know, they can't deal with it when they're on site and, you know, when you're on site you just – it burns your brain because you're just constantly thinking about it and I think that's where a lot of mental health issues um, arise yeah. because of the conditions. But, um, yeah, so um, – so you've got to also think that, you know, does FIFO work match your lifestyle? Mm, exactly. Is that good money? Good for a couple of years. Is, it, it might be good for a couple of years. But if you work it out as well um, that you're here in the city, you're home every night, you spend every weekend with your family you, and your friends and you get to do the stuff, you work out your, your pay packet at the end of it and you, you're not that much in front. Mm. It's just your lifestyle's different. So you get the money in a lump sum and then you're back and then, yeah, <laughs> you buy all these tools and yeah. toys. <laughs> well, that's definitely another episode to go on. Mm. Um, so, Danielle, uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> just interviewed Danielle, so I've still got her fresh in my mind. <laughs> Rebecca, before we do start wrapping things up today, I just wanted to ask you one more thing. Did you have anything else extra that you wanted to add to the listeners out there that – to get to know you a bit more about yourself and your business? Um, like yeah, so I've got um, a website and social media presence, but um, and I'm also uh, with Trade Heroes. Yep. So um, who does a lot of uh, promotion on my behalf and we, it was a few weeks ago, we did a, um, a few video uh, interviews as well as photo shoots um, so that uh, to help with promotion um, and uh, we'll get around to doing uh, live feeds at some stage as well so to show actually what we do on site. Um, so we, yeah, I suppose we do a, a bit of everything and, um, yeah, find out more and... Um, yeah, just read um, a bit about um, me and I suppose the services that we offer and everything um, for different organisations, different yep. groups, different people. Good so, all right, well, I'll be linking that all in the show notes as well for you guys. Um, so, Dan, uh, <laughs> Rebecca, um, is it okay? So, I'm just going to ask you three rapid fire questions before we do wrap things up. Uh, that I'm going to be asking everyone that I interview. So yeah. are you ready? Okay. <laughs> so what is something that you implement into your daily routine to always be consistent? I think the um, at the end of the day that just to have a bit of downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, I One thing I learnt with the um, new access program with Beyond Blue is um, to do things to – stop the brain from yep. thinking and carrying just business uh, around with me all the time. So like a little bit of self-care? Need to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, whether that's going for a walk, 
um, catching up with friends. Um, big thing is for me um, was that uh, every time someone would say, hey, how are you going? How's the business going? Yeah, going great guns and everything like that. And I'd feel like a fraud because I was just like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. But I found that once I started being honest and said, oh, look, I'm really struggling with this at the moment, I'm really struggling with this, people were turning around and offering me solutions or saying, I can help you with this, you know, and they were they were actually, I, it actually taught me to be more open and honest um, with myself mm-hmm. as well as uh, with other people because there are so many people out there to help um, that... Um, yeah, and it just made me start feeling a lot better. Um, so I think to um, have a conversation with someone, small or conversation, whether it's face-to-face at the end of the day, uh, whether it's over a beer or whether it's a phone call, mm-hmm. um, I try and, um, yeah, make an effort. But I'd like to keep my phone calls positive as well. Yep. Um, but you know, no, if something someone says, "How would you? How was your day?" I'd say, "Oh shit, this happened." Yeah. So just be open and honest. But yeah, but you know, but I did this and this and this, mm-hmm. and I solved the problem. Yeah. So and they're like, "Oh, you know, oh that's pretty shit." And I said, "Yeah, but I'm over it now. Learn to let things go." Yeah, absolutely. So what's your proudest accomplishment so far? Oh, well, uh, in business or in life? like Anything that in, comes anything. <laughs> um, My proudest thing, I, I love and adore my kids. So yep, amazing. Um, I'm proud of, um, I think, the little adults that they are. Um, and, um, yeah, I just... Wish nothing for the best for them. And um, oh, I'm getting a bit teary because <laughs> my son sent me a message this morning and it just said, I love you, mum. Oh. And I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, nothing. I just wanted to tell you. Bless. That's beautiful. So, you know, <laughs> to raise raise kids that are sending you messages yeah. in the yeah. morning to say that they love you for no reason whatsoever mm. without the how much money do you want to borrow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you really want? <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's something to be pretty proud of. I think. Mm. All right. So if you weren't um, the owner of Trade Hero, uh, and, oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to delete this. I'm not the owner of Trade Hero. <laughs> Guys, I've just interviewed Danielle, so she's the one that's like fresh in my mind. <laughs> so if you weren't the owner of Ants Labour Hire, what would you be instead? I would probably be someone that just a nomad, a gypsy, a travelling gypsy, I think. I'd just go around. Nice, simple life. Oh, yeah. And just, yeah, float around yeah. and meet people and and um, just do, you know, just do work to live for my means. But I'd get bored of that pretty quickly too. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, yeah, something exciting. I don't know. <laughs> all right well thank you so much Rebecca for joining me today on this, effort, on this podcast so that's all I have for you guys today thank you so much for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Tradies if you like this episode or think you might know someone who might like this episode please like it and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me in it at Let's Talk Tradies